0: I apologize, uh, this morning I wasn't all like awake for some reason, I'm not sure may- why, uh, <laughs> so I only bought like a dozen donuts, I don't know what I was thinking, but if you got here at 9.30, you might have had a donut, so I, uh, I hope you were blessed um, by that. Um, But yes, daylight saving time, it always comes, every year, every single year. And I'm assuming all of you guys are morning people, because there's quite a few of you here, so I'm not a morning person, but uh, this bottle is a little distracting, I feel like I just need Um, I do have a daughter. She's 12 months, and um, I'm finding that she likes to wake up really early. (laughs) (laughs) And so this past year, she's been training me to get up and get my day moving. So it wasn't too much of a struggle today, although losing that hour, um, I was pretty uh, not anxious, but like it's like you know it's coming, and you're just kind of a little bummed, you know? But it, the weirdest thing, I, uh, this morning it was good. Got up, and Zuri stayed asleep. She slept so that I can kind of pray and finish my notes, and she just kept sleeping until her dad woke up and told Siri to play the news. And every speaker in our house, just the news came on. Uh, and so we all got the news, including Zuri, And here we are. But, you know, in the words of uh, Benjamin Franklin, early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. I don't know if I really, I'm not gonna go there. (laughs) But anyways, um, I'm so glad you guys have decided to join us this morning. My name is Minera, and hi guys. Everyone's so friendly. You guys are the morning people. I love this. Um, but I am... Uh, been following Jesus for a good portion of my life. Um, and I have had the privilege to kind of serve um, here at Oasis. And one of the things I get to do from time to time is kind of just share what God has been doing in my life and um, hoping that... Uh, You can relate and that um, this morning God would uh, just speak through me um, and that you'd be blessed and encouraged and inspired to live um, a life that is worthy of the calling of Christ. Um, So let's just go ahead and we'll kind of jump into it. Um, I do want to pray over us um, and also this morning I do want to lift up God's place. It's a church up in Ogden. Uh, pastor there, um, Shannon Shriver, he came in. He was a guest speaker once, uh, but he's um, in the hospital right now. Um, he um, is. He had a heart condition. I don't really know the details, but we just want to pray for him and his church as they kind of navigate through this, and that, um, we're going to ask that God's peace would just rest on them this morning. Um, so, Father, we, we thank you for this beautiful morning. We thank you for giving us an extra hour to just come, um, be here, and enjoy each other, and enjoy your presence. Uh, Father, you know the burdens we carry, the uh, distractions that we bring in this morning. You know where our heart is. You know what we're going through. And Father, some of it is hard, some of it is good. But right now, we just want to lay it before You, Lord. We thank You for all that You are doing in our life, our in our lives, and and uh, for letting us feel Your precious presence on us. God, we lift up God's place. Um, and Pastor Shannon there, God. Um, Lord, would you bring healing? Would you bring peace? God, we don't pretend to know everything, and, and, uh, and your ways are just so much higher than ours. But Lord, we trust uh, that you know what you're doing, And you are in control. And we thank you for being in control. So God, this morning I ask that you would have your way. That you would speak to us. That we would hear that still small voice. That we would choose not to ignore it, God. That you would do something in us from the inside out. I thank you for everyone here, and I pray, Lord, that we would leave changed, that we would never be the same. And ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that was the sermon, guys. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, you guys really want to get out of here and take a nap? No, no. <laughs> Preach on. All right. Well, if you guys have been with us for the past month or so, um, you may know kind of the series that we're going through. Um, th- does anyone know what series we've been talking, what letter we've been going through? One point for this side. Good job. It's this side. This side. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I kind of mumble sometimes. Uh so, Ephesians. So, in chapter 1, um, this is kind of in my brain when I'm reading the book or the letter of Ephesians. Um, this, is, this is kind of how I map it as I'm reading how Paul, um, who's apostle, an apostle of Jesus, um, is kind of writing this letter to this church in Ephesus. And I kind of break it down to, he's talking in chapter one about God's purpose and plan for our lives. He is kind of doing a broad brush of just how great God is and how beautiful his ways are. And then he goes into chapter two where he's talking about God's grace. And how wonderful it is that even though we are apart from Christ, he had this plan that brings us back to him so that we can be in relationship to him. And that in chapter 3, the gospel is for everyone. That you don't have to be born into a certain lineage to have Christ in your life, but that you can actually surrender to him and he adopts you in and the gospel is for all. And in chapter 4, we see that there's a little shift um, that Paul... Um, goes into where he's saying, hey, now that you know how wonderful God is and now that you know that he has brought you to him, he has, he's redeeming you, he's reconciling you, it is not simply just to bring you in, but to actually um, encourage you to live a certain way, to live a little bit differently. He actually encourages us and equips us for the people around us. So um, Casey talked about living in community and how important that was, um, that he is not only um, calling us his children, we are not only children of God, but that he's actually using the gifts inside of us, he's actually using um, uh, kind of our talents, whether we have some or not, um, but he's actually forming us by way of community. So as we explore how to do that, as we share our gifts with each other, as we um, make a point to live in community, um, this is part of the call that is to follow Jesus. And in chapter 5, he he goes a little bit deeper, and this is what we're going to explore today. He goes a little bit deeper and says, not only are you created in such a way, not only are you called to... um, to follow Jesus, to, uh, to um, bless the people around you, but he's actually, while he's doing that, he's changing something inside of you. So there is transformation that is taking place. Um, he's actually Paul is saying that there is this new way to be human. So it's not just about, um, gosh, uh, I'm going to follow God and believe in him so I can go to heaven. But it's about, gosh, how can I get heaven into me right now? How can I be this new kind of human? God isn't just interested in getting you to heaven. (laughs) He is interested in a people that imitate him. A people that can understand that there there is a certain design that God has for you. There's a certain type of humanity that he's trying to create here. And it is not um, what we may think that it is. It is a process of change and transformation. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to read this chapter and kind of digest it just a little bit. So chapter 5, Ephesians 5 and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. There's a lot in there. <laughs> and I, I don't know about you, but when I read passages like this, I kind of go, huh, I don't think I can get there. Does, does anyone else feel that way? It is much. It is a lot. And you kind of, if you just stop and think about it, you go, what is, what is Paul trying to say here? He's basically giving us uh, this contrast between light and dark. Uh, those who follow Jesus and those who don't. He's helping us see kind of like there's this difference that kind of just naturally occurs. And as we follow Jesus, as we say yes to him, as we submit to him, something just naturally kind of changes. Um, Jesus isn't interested in just kind of this outward behavioral change. Like I know some of you, myself included, are really Good at, uh, you know, playing games. I I think. Uh, sometimes we we justify our actions easily. We have these these things that go uh, that come. And go. Well, let me let me give you an example. Um, has has anyone in this room ever told a lie? Has anyone, if you've told a lie, ra- raise your hand. OK, and those who aren't raising their hand, we know, are yeah. Um, I, I didn't say it, but How many of you guys in this room would call yourselves a liar? There's some hesitancy. Yeah, someone, there's lots of honesty here too. Yeah. Sometimes we kind of play these games. Well, I'm not really greedy. I mean, there's $10 in my pocket. I know God wants me to help this person over here, uh, but uh, I think a dollar's enough. It's got to be enough. Well, I don't really hate my neighbor. I mean, I don't talk to him but that doesn't mean I hate him so there are things that we kind of do to kind of justify our actions and then if we wanted to play the game we go okay well I am just gonna go across the street and say hi to my neighbor uh, because it's something you just got to do so we change our behavior but on the inside that's not really happening There's a group of people um, in Jesus' time, uh, the Pharisees, who they were known uh, to kind of behave this way. They were the religious teachers of the time, and by outward appearance, they were great. They looked like they they were following the law, they were obedient, they were clean. Uh, They did all the right things on the outside, but Jesus said on the inside, they were dead. They were dead. And so in Ephesians, this is kind of what Paul is addressing here, and he's saying that it is just not enough to do the things on the outside and look great, and there's no real change happening on the inside. He's saying that transformation is when our desires are changing, and it's not just our behavior, that we are actually starting to love the things that God loves, the things that give life, and we actually hate the things that destroy it, and the things that destroy re- relationships because that those long lists of things it's it's really about those are the things that hurt each other and god loves everybody and when we do these things it hurts ourselves and it hurts the people around us um but then again sometimes we stop and and we Don't consider these things, and we just think God is giving us a laundry list of to do's, do's, and don't do's, right? Things that, oh, you know, that's why some people are like, Christianity is such a bore. Or it's just too hard, or it just, you know, it takes all the fun out of life. And we're not realizing that, you know, you gotta think, why are we thinking this way? Have we been told things perhaps that aren't quite true? Um, change is very difficult Does anyone like change? <laughs> yes, four people Does anyone like changing their behavior? The habits Okay, now think of a habit that you do That you wish you can change Does any, everyone you guys have something in mind? Okay, name some Lying, biting nails. biting nails. That's so gross. I'm just kidding. What else? Eating late at night. Eating late at night. Old behaviors. Using. Using. Swearing. Swearing. Overeating. Overeating. Eating. Ah. <laughs> Any other behaviors? Yep. Any other hobbies? Yes. Smoking. Being abusive, definitely. Aggression. Aggression. Anger. Anger. We can identify that these are the things in our life that we know it shouldn't be. And as we come and as we follow Christ, we're realizing that this is not the way we need to live. This is not how it is meant to be. This is not who God created us to be. Um. There's a book by um, James, I think, James Bryant. I wrote his name somewhere, but my notes are kind of just all over the place. But uh, he had a three-part series book, uh, The Good and Beautiful God. I would highly recommend reading that one. Uh, the second book he wrote is The Good and Beautiful Life. And in it, he talks about change. Change is difficult. Um, but he says that there are four elements to change. And uh, the first element is getting the narrative correct, like true. A lot of times we, are grow, we grow up with these false narratives. Either we weren't taught what is right, or we're taught to think in a way that is actually destructive. So things like... Um, Make as much money as you can because you're, you have to fend for yourself. There's no one out there to help you. So all you got to do is make the most money. You'll be the happiest person on earth if you make the most money. Does You guys think that's true? No? But it, we're constantly bombarded with that, right? It's in the ads. It's in society. We may not believe it, but somehow there's something inside of us that's saying, yeah, I need more money. I need more money. This problem would go away if I just had more money. And then there's other false narratives that kind of come up uh, like, hey, sex with everybody is good. (laughs) Random sex with just strangers is totally fine. It's a natural way to live. It's how we express our love. Totally natural. We should just go out and do it all the time. We may not truly believe that, but gosh, it surrounds us. These messages surround us. And then we slowly kind of just drift into these behaviors, not realizing what is happening. And then we find ourselves kind of where we don't want to be. So the story, the story that's presented to us doesn't help us um, if it's false, and just like, uh, kind of, I, I, <laughs> I uh, was debating on whether or not I should put up the next slide. Uh, but I'm a pediatric nurse, and so I find it a little funny. Um, so, so here's the story that's happening right now with uh, the coronavirus. So here's my take on it. Uh, the coronavirus can be spread through money. If you have any money at home, put on some gloves, put all the money into a plastic bag, and put it outside the front door tonight. I'm collecting all the plastic bags tonight for safety. Think of your health. I just want you to be well. The virus doesn't spread through coins, so you can hold on to them. (laughs) Put Put the coins in the baby bottle and sanitize it, and it will be clean. No. But please, yeah, give them clean coins if you're going to donate. Uh, now, clearly, I, this is just some humor, right? I know that this virus does cause some anxiety for some, so I don't want to just push it. But uh, there are things out there that if we aren't careful, we may find ourselves joke as, you broke as a joke, right? There are things out there that we just need to shine in, in the light of the gospel and in the way um, uh, as Paul is kind of navigating these things. This is why the Bible is such a great uh, way to, um, we find lots of uh, instruction on how to live life. The other element uh, that James talks about is, um, let me see if I even wrote it down. Practicing spiritual disciplines. Um, And spiritual disciplines, there's a number of them. uh, Praying, meditation, reading your Bible, um, worshiping, singing songs, things like that. These things kind of help us uh, in our endeavor to change. Because again, the spiritual disciplines are designed to cure the soul and not earn merit into heaven. Um, Do you guys ever wake up feeling like totally empty? Do you guys ever wake up feeling totally just full of junk? Like there's just, you wake up and you're just like, ugh. Uh, For me, it's always uh, easier to put things on, then take things off. And, and Paul talks a lot about that in chapter four, that it's, it's as we're walking with Jesus, um, we're asked to take things out of our life, and put on Christ, take out the old, put on the new. Uh, for me, it's like waking up and you have, well, example, no, let's do this. You have a cup. And in this cup, you have, For me, there's tea right now, but you have all your anxieties are in there. All of your pain, all of your uh, uh, thoughts for the day, they kind of go in there. And there's good things, there's bad things. But what Jesus is asking us to do is put in some good things, pour in the good things in our life. So if I am bombarding my life with things... That may be meaningless, uh, like Netflix. How many of you guys kind of watch Netflix for an hour, two hours, three hours, a night? When I wake up, I'm going to be full of Netflix, right? So when we're putting on these spiritual disciplines, we're filling ourselves up with all this good, this good, this good, that naturally it's going to start displacing all those things that we don't like in our life. Um the third element that he talks about is community, that uh, we find deeper and longer lasting change when we are in a community. This is why we always encourage when we're up here that you need to join a connect group, that you need to have a few friends in your life that are following Jesus with you because When you do it alone, you could only go so far. But when you do it with other people, it's building deep relationship. It's building long-lasting change. And we help each other to grow. So community is is the other element to helping us change. And the fourth element, he says, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So we recognize that the Holy Spirit helps us change Those narratives that are being pushed on us, if they aren't true, um, he helps us to, um, as we are practicing those spiritual disciplines, to be enlightened. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our efforts to be in community. He brings unity. So I want to... Now that you've heard uh kind of what Paul is trying to do here, I want to read that again, read chapter five again, and I'm only doing the first half because next week uh Daryl will be back right now, he's suffering for Jesus in San Diego um, so he's going to finish this uh, latter half of chapter five but again let it let it soak in and and, and see what Uh, what God stirs in you as you hear these words. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather there should be thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. But everything exposed by light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes light. This is why I said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So Paul, again, he's addressing something quite serious here, because he's writing this letter to a church in Ephesus. And the culture at the time... It's full of, uh, you know, it was natural, again, like I said, to kind of have sex with just random sex with everyone. Uh, It was natural to kind of uh, make sure you took care of yourself, your own. You you didn't want to be generous. You got to make sure that uh, you had all the wealth. I don't know. Is that kind of our culture today? So he's telling us, like, gosh... There is something seriously happening here. What was going on back then, and I believe it's happening here, is as we're following Jesus, we're carrying some of that culture into our church community. So instead of taking those things off or looking at those things, we think, hey, I am following Jesus, so I'm going to heaven, and I can still do all these other things. Do-do-do-do, you know? And life is just dandy. But Paul is, he's like, gosh, guys, just surrender. Because the life you think that is great, God is asking you to shed it and put on his new life. This life that won't destroy. And these are just kind of the things that are a part of that. And I would choose to say that God is a lot smarter than myself. I don't know you think God is smarter than you. <laughs> but he is definitely smarter than me. And when he has laid out a plan for living, I would be wise to kind of like think about it and perhaps try some of those things. Um, I don't have a lot of, oh, there's, I don't have a lot of cool slides. So I thought, well, Uh, I need a placeholder, so uh, uh, that's my daughter. Uh, She's the one that kind of walks around in the back. Sorry if that's distracting. Um, But she is wonderful. Um, Here's another one. I know, shameless that I threw pictures up here, but... Again, I was like, ooh, I only have five slides. Put some pictures in there. Okay. (laughs) So here's the thing. Uh, I would like to think that God is smarter than us, and when he asks us to do things, it's not just to, you know, cramp our style, take away our fun, but he's genuinely, genuinely interested in giving us a good life, Um, and If you're a parent or if you're a mentor to someone, when you tell someone, like, hey, this is a better way to do things, it's not because you want to, you know, smash all their fun, but it's because you know something they don't. You know something they don't. Um, I bet some of you, um, if there was a child in front of you, and there was a candle, and the flame was lit, And you know, the child has never seen a candle before, you would be, you know, watching very closely because you don't want the child to kind of you know touch the flame because you know that it burns. The child probably doesn't know that it burns. It just looks so cool. And it looks so fun. And you're like, don't do that. And then they're like, that's fun. You know? Uh, Here's a better example. Uh, (laughs) uh, Oh, it's not really like rendering. Oh, here we go. Oh, 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 oh. If you missed that, here it comes again. So. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a meme on Facebook. Just kidding. Uh, But. That's kind of what happens. We're like, we're like, God, you're trying to like take away all of our fun, but he knows something we don't, and so we need to just trust that he's looking out for you. He's looking out for me. He's making sure that we are being a family to each other, that we are actually being loving to each other, that God is love, and it doesn't make sense that we do these behaviors because they aren't loving to each other and they aren't loving to yourself. Um, I am going to move on here. Uh, we'll have the worship team come up as I kind of uh, wrap things up here. Um, in, in the last part of chapter 5, uh, verse 14, 13, whatever it is, uh, right in the middle there, he's talking about exposing darkness, exposing darkness. So I would add that to the fourth element of change, um, so the part that talks about community, that transformation happens on the inside, but transformation, how it, it gets started, is when we um, confess to one another. When we're exposing the darkness. Exposing the darkness. A lot of times as we're following Jesus, we, we come to know things and then we become ashamed and, and we hide it all and we keep it to ourselves. But here Paul is saying, expose the darkness. Shine it to Light. And when you do that, that is how transformation begins. When you get people around you that are willing to pray for you, they know the struggles that you're struggling with, they've shared their struggles with you, um, that is how transformation begins and we can pray for each other. Exposing the darkness, confessing, confessing that we've fallen short, confessing, confessing, um, Confessing how much we need him. So do like, I, I would highly encourage that if you don't have someone that you can share this, uh, that you can confess with, that this place is safe. There are people here that are willing to listen. There are people here that are willing to pray for you. Uh, and even those that are doing the listening and the praying, they have someone in their life that they are confessing to and that they are praying with because we're all in this together, this road to transformation, being totally changed from the inside out. And we're falling forward towards Jesus, and he is calling us to this new life. So we're going to sing one more song, and then I'll wrap up.